0: kinds of symbolity. What is at stake? It is a big idea, a new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My
1: question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs?
2: And if you have, when was it? What were you told?
3: Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it.
2: Got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked
0: over to one side of the lab, and he said, "By the way, we've discovered a base." The very
1: word "secrecy" is repugnant in a free and open society, and we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings.
4: All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, PSN Radio. We are live on this beautiful Tuesday evening, January 7th, 11 p.m. Eastern, and I am joined by my co-host, Alan Weiler, and I am, of course, Angel Espino. Welcome, everybody. Alan, how are you doing, my friend?
5: Oh, I'm doing an amazing, amazing day here. I'm having a great time here. Uh, it's it's beautiful out, it's
4: cold out, but it's beautiful out Where are you right now? Because you, you're you a traveler, you're always, uh, you know, on the road So where are you right now? Where is Alan located? You know, we're gonna come out with a game here on this show Where in could- the world is Alan Weiler? Yeah uh,
5: You know, we'll figure out a nice little gift if ever anybody can figure out where I'll be the following week
4: Yeah, there you go So How's where that- are you this week, Alan?
5: I am in Houston, Texas.
4: Yeah, I, cowboy country.
5: <laughs> you have no idea. I have seen so many people that fit that category. It ain't funny. And I'm at the boat show, and it's like I still see cowboy hats and cowboy boots. Oh my God! It's a it, it, it's a it's a whole other world here. Let me tell you. Um, uh, it's like, we're demonstrating and talking about this really cool product that I'm selling at one of the booths, and the best answer that I'm getting from people is, hell, if they trespass on my property, they ain't leaving my property.
4: Uh That's some Texas Chainsaw Massacre type talk right there, dude.
5: We, We ask questions, never. We just shoot.
4: There's a lot of horror movies that start like that. So I was taking a road trip down into the heart of Texas. And I had to stop for a convention. Next thing you know, a man with a chainsaw is walking really slowly behind you, and he will kill you, even though he's walking really slowly behind you.
5: I did hear some stories about people getting abducted by aliens. Um, Jose and Carlos were kidnapping people for ransom. Uh, so it, it, that wasn't a cool thing.
4: No, that was not a cool thing. You know what is a cool thing, though? We have on the show tonight, uh, Mac Maloney coming up in uh, a few minutes, and we have Alejandro T. Rojas of Open Minds TV is going to be with us in the second hour. So we have a big show, and that is pretty cool. I mean, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of ufology. Uh, We have a lot of stories that have been creeping up in the last few days. Alan, I know that you and I have been talking about one in particular since last week. Let's uh, just yes, jump you, into this, the crop circles. You mean the crop
5: time. circles? Yeah. Although I do want to talk to our first guest. I do want to talk to him about all these hidden, um, these hidden, um, knowledge bases, hidden oh. bases that he's been talking about for ages, to say the least. But we'll get to that in a second. I called it, and uh, since no you one did. chose, yep. to, uh, no one chose to check out that one little trait of legitimate crop circles, and guess what? turns out to be fake
4: now i call what a hoax dude let me tell you this was hoaxed uh really my hats off to the dudes who did this because it was a viral uh marketing campaign by nvidia the graphic chip uh, designer uh which has said to have developed this amazing chip see the whole crop circle hey do was... we
5: get paid for plugging nvidia i'm just wondering we keep on talking about them
4: no but i, get... I like i like uh-huh. nvidia Cool.
5: By the way, since they're not paying us, folks, we do like donations. You know. That, yes, we do. Uh, yes, we we just do like pointing that one out.
4: If you go to uh, our website, skywatchersradio.com, dot com, you look around, you'll see a little donations tab. Donate.
5: Excellent, excellent. I I didn't even know about that. I was just going to throw money in the air for myself. And you know, you know what we deal with with charity, right? You know, you know how to deal with charity when we're trying to donate for God and the better good and tithing and all that. You know, I take money, I throw it up in the air, and whatever stays up in the air for God stays up in the air. The rest obviously comes back down to me.
4: So, you know, I'm going to ask Alejandro. <laughs> I'm going to just move away from that because that uh, will never come back to ufology. But I'm going to ask Alejandro later when he's on about this story with uh, the crop circle, because you know, yeah, it's a cool marketing campaign. I know he wrote an article on it on OpenMindsTV, uh, and uh, it's a cool, you know, marketing campaign idea or whatever. But you know, this is the kind of stuff that gets me kind of upset, to be honest, and, and I'm going to rant for a minute here, because okay. why, well maybe not a whole minute, you, you know, you can interject whenever you want, by the way, but
5: good, I plan on it, good, you really, know, I'm going to interject when you want me to, you do that, you know, it's I promise stunts. I'll never do it again when you don't do, do
4: it. it, exactly, you know, it's stunts like this, that really clutters and makes a mockery out of ufology, it's stuff like this, they really just, you know, it, it keeps it in the giggle factor zone, you know, whenever they talk about it on TV, it always ends with a giggle, or something, whenever they talk about a UFO report, or they talk about a crop circle, this only adds to that. So while it's a a very cute marketing campaign, very nice NVIDIA, you know, I like your product, why do they have to, you know, use a crop circle and kind of tie it into ufology? Why couldn't they come up with a different kind of viral campaign? I mean, NVIDIA, for crying out loud, is a graphic designer.
5: They were just trying to one up Alienware.
4: That's a good point. Yeah, that's what. See, that's what he does.
5: See, we've got disinformation. We've oh, got no, he's
4: singing again. Disinformation.
5: No, that, no, but seriously, I mean, you know, half these companies are probably attached to someone somewhere where they actually really need to spit out some disinformation to just keep us on our toes and confused. Plain and simple.
4: Give that man a round of applause. Give them a round of applause. Right. Round of applause. Good
5: job. Come on, where's where's your sound effects? Press the button that makes it sound like it, they're it. clapping in the background.
4: It's shush. They already they already made that sound effect. Just you can't hear it, but don't worry about oh, it. Oh, I Pete really I can't. It. okay. That oh, okay. nah, sucks for you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know I'm going to ask Alejandro about this because I'm sure he has feelings on this whole thing himself because this fooled a lot of people, man. This was you know when you say viral, this went viral really quick, and you know, a lot of people wrote articles and. We fooled it, by this it thing.
5: went it went viral to the mainstream media that didn 't know better, but those that are in the ufology community and the paranormal community called it out as a hoax as soon as it
4: happened. well, now, you actually called it immediately you, you, you told me hey, it looks a little hokey, but you know one thing that of course like you said in the last show that we can always uh, use to measure these things to see if they're real or not is that. Uh, that test to to test the grounds for radiation or whatever. I don't think they ever even did that for this thing. So. Exactly,
5: and and no one even bothered trying to do it. Uh, no one even offered to do it. That to me sounds like hoax. hoax
4: yeah, hoax. It, Exactly. So I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy, man. It's uh, it, it really you know again it upsets me when I see them do stuff like this because you know. We are all trying to get the, the same thing here. We're all, you know, doing these shows. We all interview the people in ufology. We're all doing the research. And then, you know, a company pulls something like that, and it just completely knocks us back 10 years. And it just it, it becomes a joke again. So I'm sure Alejandro's going to want to share uh, some uh, thoughts on that. Now, I don't know if you saw this list, Alan. There's a, a, a hotspot report that came out also. Uh, it says uh, UFO hotspots in 2013. Guess what the top four states were. For 2013. Well,
5: I'm, a, I'm assuming California and uh, Florida are up there, to say the least. Correct.
4: Uh, you definitely saw the list, cheater.
5: It, hang on. Let me click on that list. Uh, hang on. Hang so on. So he's cheating. I'm cheating, folks. Only on uh, on uh, online. I'm not cheating in real life.
4: And by the um, way, if you guys want to see the list, I want to go ahead and... and uh, link it over in the chat room if you guys go to psn-radio.com uh click the uh, enter the chat tab and you'll be able to uh, see the link i'm talking about it's uh ufo hotspots in 2013 number texas one. and
5: pennsylvania too yeah
4: yeah number one california with 820 ufo re- related reports florida my state 448 and you're in the woods right now texas with 442 Followed by Pennsylvania with 320, Michigan 314, and New York 288. Kind of surprising, New York wasn't higher up on that list.
5: Well, oh. you know, uh, I'm thinking that most of those reports come from upstate New York, really not from the five boroughs of New York City. Because okay, you notice nowhere near there is New Jersey. At all. I don't think New Jersey's even on the list.
4: No, so, actually, it's not. No. With
5: that in mind, I'm thinking more up towards the Canadian border, more parts of mid. Mid New York, you know, not New York City proper.
4: Interesting list, though. I'm surprised Florida is so high up there because I I haven't seen a UFO down here since I was you know a kid that I had that one sighting with my pops. So I haven't. Well, dude, look at the
5: time. You're inside in the middle in the middle of the night, so uh, you know, working on the computer, doing this show here. Of course, you're not going to see anything. You're not sticking your head outside.
4: That's very true. We have to go uh, back to sky watching and uh, just stick our head outside for a while. Look up to the you know, skies.
5: You know, that would be a cool thing. What we should start doing is run a video as we're talking of sky watching, uh, you know, in Miami or something. Just have a night vision camera aimed up at the sky as we're talking.
4: That's not a bad idea. Maybe we can embed on the uh, chat room or somewhere a little video feed.
5: Sure, and then we plug it up on YouTube and everybody could watch it while we're talking. And everyone could point out and go,
4: oh, my God, that's absolutely nothing in
5: the air. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's just uh, you know two stars, and they're really out of focus because you know they're really far away.
5: Oh, and yeah, well you gotta understand the only aliens you're gonna find in in
4: Miami are.
5: Well, I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna yeah. Go no,
4: there. you know you don't want to get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah.
6: we I mean, this I is the internet, but you can still get.
4: Time. Yeah, you, you know, good job. Very good uh, job yeah, by you, my friend.
5: I, I, I was, you know, I just don't look forward to hate mail.
4: And by the way, guys, if you do want to send some hate mail, you can address it to Allen at gmail dot com.
5: But we're go. not going to tell you the exact spelling of my name. Oh no, you posted it on the website.
4: See, you're see you're you're already giving it away, giving yourself away. Now you know who knows uh. a, a little bit about aliens existing. Now, you sent me this article earlier, so I'm sure you might want to be the one who reads it. Maybe you want to go over it. Uh, aliens exist, says Canada's former defense minister.
5: Yeah, I found that article rather interesting, to say the least. Uh, you know, but then again, you know the way the article plays it out. This guy also then went on off on a little bit of a bent tangent, to say the least. I mean, you know, he's a former minister, uh, former head Canadian defense minister. Um, he said that not only do aliens exist, but among the eighty species he's been made aware of. Um, Some of them resemble us so closely that if we were walking down the street, um, we would have no idea that they were not from this planet. Um, So I find that really, really interesting. He also claims that uh, a lot of the technology that we have, like microchips, LEDs, and even Kevlar, might be from uh, aliens uh, giving us help. To
4: say, yeah but you know that's nothing that we haven't heard before i mean how many times have we now heard <laughs> that you know uh fiber optics kevlar all kinds of materials came from, mm, sure. or, from or from other uh you know back engineered crafts or whatever uh so th- this is like really nothing new it's just you know, a dude regurgitating something that he's heard a billion times i mean yeah i saw that
5: star trek episode where they in- gave us vel- velcro yes i don't know if you saw that
4: or not <laughs> oh i did that was uh, a good episode
5: you know, that was a really good episode. And the other Star Trek episode where Odo and Quark and all them end up going in, they're the cause of the Roswell crash. That was a really, really good episode from Deep Space Nine.
4: I, I You know, that's the one thing I always love about Star Trek, when they actually mess with real history and they go back in time, and you see, like, why certain things happen, like the Roswell crash and stuff like that. That's always fun to see on Star Trek.
5: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Speaking of going back in time, another interesting article that was out there uh, this week. Um, scientists have been looking for for uh, proof of time travel on the internet. oh, I don't know if you heard about this one or not.
4: Uh, No, I haven't.
5: Okay, I'll let you Google it. Um, That's right, Google. You have to pay us for plugging us. Um, Some scientists got together and did a study um, where they are looking for signs of uh, people commenting multiple times about certain things in history before they occurred, and not as if it was a premonition, just in you know past tense, current history, before it happened, um, because you know the, you know once you leave a trace on the internet, it's there forever. Right. So uh, you know they they were looking uh, for for that kind of thing, and so far they found no evidence of anything like that. Uh, they also tried this really interesting experiment that um, they posted in September that they needed someone to tweet something in August. And obviously nothing showed up in August. So, well, obviously.
4: You know, there's one video that still has me kind of uh, scratching my uh, bald head when it comes Which to time one? travel. The Charlie Chaplin movie with the uh, person on a cell phone.
5: Actually, there is an answer to that one. Um,
4: What's the answer? Because that's boggling my mind. How, okay, it looks but, like she's talking on a cell phone, dude.
5: No, at that point in time in history, there were these new types of electronic hearing aids that were out and available. That yeah, but we- she
4: looks like she's actually talking, like she's hearing just...
5: Well, if you, if you actually Google... In, well, thank you, Google pay us again. Um, if you actually look on the Internet or on a search engine about that particular image... Um, it's not that she's talking to herself. She, she's trying to say, speak up, I can't hear you, um, to the person nearby her. That's why she's aiming the, the contraption that she has towards the person that's near her.
4: Interesting. Well, uh, I didn't see anybody near her. But, guys, we have to go to commercial break. We're going to be back here in a couple minutes with our first guest, Mr. Mac Maloney. And uh, you're going to get a kick out of Mac Maloney. He has a a radio show. He's uh, a researcher and a really, really, really interesting man. And uh, you guys are going to really like listening to what he has to say. Stick around, Sky Watchers Radio. And if you want to call in, 786 245 8127 is the call in number. You can also look us up on Skype by looking up PSN Radio and Dark Matter Radio Network. We'll be right back, everybody. Listening to Dark Matter Radio
0: Network. Hi, folks. Ronnie McMullen here for Life Change Tea. Healthcare is a problem. Whether you're for or against Obamacare, it's a mess. My question is, who do you trust? Do you want to be told what to do, or do you want to make your own decision? My opinion, preventative maintenance. Keeping your colon clean is preventative maintenance. A little exercise, a balanced diet, and drinking life-change tea. It tastes great, and it helps with constipation, high cholesterol, liver problems, acid reflux, and much, much more. And with the holiday season upon us, you can get some extra tea for free. Don't wait for Obama. Make your own decision. Order now. Call us at 928-308-0408. That's 928-308-0408. Or you can log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Reading yourself of harmful toxins is truly preventative maintenance. GetTheTea.com.
3: That's 954-973-3374 Or visit KeyInformation.com
2: Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, Coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more.
3: TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go.
4: You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment
3: falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available
7: in the iTunes App Store. and more supermanhomepage.com
4: You're listening to PSN Radio Public Service Network Sounds you hear right there, everybody, is Mac Maloney's band, and that song is called Mechanical World. Out uh, Now, Mac Maloney is a musician, a UFO researcher, he's a radio show host, uh, he grew up in Dorchester, so he's a Boston boy also, and they just won the World Series, those bastards. Now, Mac Maloney <laughs> is somebody who I highly enjoy talking to, I've been on his show, he's been on my show a couple times on the Jackal said, and uh, it's an honor to have him out here right now on Skywatchers Radio with... The Dark Matter Radio Network, listening in. Mac Maloney, welcome to Skywatchers, my friend. How are you doing tonight, sir?
6: I'm doing great, Angel. Thanks very much for having me on.
4: You know, it's like I said, it's an honor, man. You're one of the coolest uh, people that I've ever met in, you know, while I've been doing this show for the last five or six years. Wow. And uh, you, you've written a couple books, man. You have an a an awesome, an, really an awesome album. In fact, a lot of our listeners who listen to the show every week, has heard your music because I you know, I play it all the time. It's really really great stuff. Give the audience who hasn't maybe, you know, heard of Mac Maloney, give them a little bit of, of a back you know, ground on you and a little bit of an insight into who Mac Maloney is before we proceed for the rest of the night.
6: Well, you know, uh, like you said, I've I've um, written a couple of UFO books in the past um, three years. Um, I've, I've been writing full-time for about uh, 20 years, though it doesn't seem that long, and I um, mostly do military fiction books, uh, love the line kind of like Tom Clancy books. But a few years ago, um, my editor and I had a conversation about UFOs, and that turned into a book called UFOs in Wartime, which is um, a collection of stories uh, that um, – you know, if you read it, you hopefully will be convinced that uh, UFOs seem to show up more during wartime than they do uh, in peacetime. And then the uh, following, uh, the, the sequel to that was a book that came out last year called Beyond Area 51, which is a list of uh, secret bases around the world, places like Area 51. And uh, both books were, you know, successful, uh, thank God. And um, in the meantime, uh, you know, we do have this band uh, uh, that we've put together um, again about four or five years ago called sky club and uh, that's the name of the uh, album that you've um, so nicely played music from uh, a lot of people really like that album it was um, uh, recorded here in boston but it's uh... it's a british label called um voice print records it's also available on itunes and um... you know that's about it between the music and the writing um... you know it uh, fills up most days so um... But uh, please, uh, our Red Sox—they're heroes up here. You—you can't disparage them like that, Angel. I'm surprised at you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) What got you into ufology to begin with? uh, To be honest, I mean, uh, it's not something that it's common for everybody to get into. I mean, I look at myself sometimes, sometimes in the mirror, and I'm like, why? Why are you so into UFOs, man? It's just weird. You know what got you into the whole subject?
6: Well, when I was a kid uh, growing up, I just loved UFOs. I love science fiction and then I also became uh, attracted to uh, to UFOs and I know that they're not really one and the same but in my mind they are because a lot of science fiction movies had to do with flying saucers and things like that when I was growing up and there was just something that always fascinated me about them and, um, I, and, and still fascinates me. I think that even though the UFO community is, you know, it's large and it's getting, you know, bigger every day and there's a lot of, uh, you know, product out there, books, not just books uh, these days, but, you know, radio shows, movies, uh, DVDs, and things like that. It it seems like it's growing all the time, yet we don't seem to be that any closer to figuring out exactly what UFOs are. I think that's a really great puzzle. I think it's one of the biggest puzzles in human civilization, and I'm just interested in, you know, helping, in my little way, find out exactly what's going on with UFOs. So there's just that attraction there that, that I've had for most of my life.
4: That wanting to know, that's the same reason, honestly, why I got it. Just the the wanting to know what the answer is. It's it's a hell of a mystery, isn't it? Are we alone in the universe? That's the great (laughs) question. The grand question, really.
6: It really is. And, and, you know, um, apparently we're not alone in the universe because people do see these things. There have been, you know, just so many sightings that, uh, and all it takes is one sighting to be true. Uh, And that kind of makes them all true, you know. So um, Mm -hmm. I just hope we're we're still around, uh, you know, um, when uh, the puzzle is finally solved. I'd really like for it to happen in my lifetime. I think it would be just an unbelievable thing, uh, you know, for...
4: You know, every year I hear that this might be the year we have disclosure. Obama might be the disclosure president, and I'm just like, please do it before I die. I'm a 36 year old man. I don't (laughs) want to die not knowing. Like, (laughs) please, even even when I'm like 65 or 70, and if I'm in my deathbed, I just want to see that last piece of news. And now aliens are here, and, and. I'll be happy. I I could die happy then. Because that's really what drives us, isn't it? I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what drives you to to write books and all that stuff.
5: Dying happy is what drives you? Hold on, hold on. Did you just say dying dying happy happy is what drives
4: you? Hmm. No, 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 no. no. What drives me is finding out the answer to the question. Ah, okay. Then he he could die. Then I could die a happy man. It's like like after I I watch the next Star Wars trilogy, I could die a happy man.
6: um, You know, Jerome Clark. I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of the next Star Wars trilogy. Well, uh, anyway, I, moving on. I, I am, too. Um, <laughs> yes, me, too. Jerry Clark, uh, Jerome Clark, is a very esteemed UFO writer, and he's someone who I relied on when I was uh, writing the two books. He was just someone who I, I look at as who has his feet on the ground uh, when it right. comes to UFO research. And he has said many times in the past, in fact, we have a quote in one of the books by him, he, he believes, and, you know, you might still be a live angel, but not know no about me. He said about 50 years... Um, he believes scientists will finally get around to looking at what UFOs are from a scientific basis. That, to me, is is one of the biggest problems is that there's this ridicule factor when it comes okay. to UFOs where scientists, you know, they're not going to put their careers on the line to go out and actually study them, you know, as a lifelong pursuit. And uh, But he believes that in about 40 to 50 years that, uh, that stigma will uh, fade away and that scientists – We'll kind of take a look at the UFO problem from, as again, as I said before, a scientific point of view, and then finally then maybe the puzzle will be solved. He, he also added, or maybe someone else added, that he doesn't think it will be American scientists, which is kind of sad in a way. He believes it will probably be scientists from India or, or China um, because uh, in 40 or 50 years, they're probably going to be the dominant countries uh, in the world and sad to say, probably not the United States, the way things are going. But no, that's another, I think it, cl- it, another time. it might
4: be a little bit closer than 40 or 50 years the way things are going. I hope that's <laughs> yeah, right, right. 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 You know what do you I don't know if you were listening earlier but you know what do you say to to you know people like the Canadian uh, former de- defense minister uh coming out and, and publicly saying that aliens do exist. Uh Paul Halier of course the former Canadian uh, defense minister went on television and declared that not only do aliens exist but they walk amongst us and are responsible for some of our modern technology. What do you say to stuff like that because he's saying it but where's you know the proof? I mean there's no real proof that they did any of it.
6: Well, you know He's probably nuts, frankly. Could be. Um, you know, um, I, I don't believe... Well, as really, the defense minister, there
5: should be some credibility factors there.
6: Well, look at the mayor of Toronto up there. I mean, you know... That's a good point. <laughs> <We> can, <laughs> say that, no, and I mean, New York uh, had a
4: crack mirror at one point. Let's not forget the crack right. mirror of New York. So, and um, ahead, um,
6: <laughs> You know, and I'm also a Bruins fan, so I can't really talk very much, and very much and very well about Canadians. But here's the thing is... I don't really believe – I'm not one of those people who believe that um, that there is anything to disclose. Let's just you know take that for a second. I, I don't believe that the U.S. military or any military around the world or any government around the world know very much more about UFOs than we do. Um, they probably have more evidence. I'm sure that the U.S. military – I know that the U.S. military has more evidence than they're laid, letting on that UFOs exist and I'm saying things along the line of photographs and videos and sightings by their pilots and so on and so forth because these things are seen by pilots all the time. But I'm not one one of those people who believe that they know what they are, that they commune with these people, that, you know, aliens walk among us and they know it. I I don't think they know any more than we do. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, um, all due respect to this, uh, the Canadian defense minister, um, you know, I, I just don't think that aliens walk among us, and if they do, I I just don't think that the Defense Minister of Canada would be the one who would be telling us about it.
4: I completely uh, have to say I agree, and this is one of the things I love about you, Mac, is the fact that we agree on this subject uh, so... Wholeheartedly uh, uh, agree on on the simple fact that the government knows very 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 little, okay. and we are giving them way too much credit to have pulled off some hoax for the last hundred years. When honestly, they can't keep anything to themselves. Right. I mean, we're talking. I mean, about, we're talking. About, we're talking about a government uh, that's had uh, problems with the internet recently. Mm-hmm. Okay, with with websites. For healthcare, and they're having problems with that. Uh, for unemployment, they're having problems with the website for unemployment. I mean, a, a government who can't keep John Wiener from texting pictures of his Wiener to mm-hmm. people. So this is a government, people. This is, Remember, this is a government of the people, by the people. We elect the people. And uh, apparently for the last 50 years, we've been electing some really dumb people into office. Do you really believe that they can keep secrets like this? hidden, if they really know a lot, I mean, I, I could not agree, you know, more with your statement, but to be honest, uh, some of it is beyond even government, if there is such, you know, such uh, devices, such technologies, I do think there's been some retrieval, there's been some crashes in the past, but I don't think that, you know, like you, I don't think that they're here every. Five seconds, just whizzing around, trying to come in and abduct people, and walking among us and all that.
6: No, because as you say, we live in a we live in a world of instant communication, and we also live in a world of of people, uh, you know, whistleblowers of people just talking, unable to keep secrets. No one can keep a secret these days. I mean, you, it, that's just the fact. And this Edwin Snowden guy, who you know, ratted out all the NSA secrets and so on. I mean, if there was someone out there in the NSA, let's put it this way. If any military if any organization in the u s government knew about u f o s it would be either the n s a or the um c i a um you know as you say do you don't you think that over the past sixty seventy years that just one person would come up and and say uh here is the definitive proof that u f o s exist and we know what they are We've heard a lot of these things, but you hear a lot of second third fourth hand accounts. You hear, uh, you know, all these kind of wild accounts by people and it's always, uh, you know, they, they don't give their name or the person who talked to them doesn't want to give their name, their bet, deathbed confessions and all this stuff. Never, never any kind of definitive proof. Never any right. kind of never any kind of solid foundation to these uh, claims, you know. And that's the sad thing about the UFO community, to tell you the truth, is that anyone can write anything about and claim anything and there's no one there to verify it. So, um, You know what ends up
4: happening? They end up going on a tour for a book release and a Mm -hmm. couple DVD documentaries that they put out, and they end up making some money off of it. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And it's a whole story. Look, Dr. Ergen Mitchell, I've had him on a show. I produced a show he was on once. I've talked to the man. Uh, he's a really guy, nice guy. He's, you know, he's obviously a hero in this country. You know, somebody who we should take serious. But you know, the, the things he said over the years, not only can it not be verified. You know, none of it is you can really take uh, and say, okay, let's look for the evidence. Because mm-hmm. again, there is no evidence. It's just him saying it. And then, of course, he did his lectures and he went around the country and, you know, did what he had to do and made a
6: little bit of money off of it, which it is what as, it keeps happening. It is a way to make money. See, that's that's uh, once again you're you're exactly right, and and especially people. What Roswell to me is is you know a special bugaboo when it comes to this, is because there are some books that are out there saying that you know uh, up to twelve or fifteen UFOs have crashed in Roswell over the years, and you know they've um, recovered you know twenty to thirty alien bodies, and and you know when you look at that you think well you know why are all these UFOs crashing in Roswell, and and I mean if you were if you were someone in control of a UFO, when you avoid Roswell, if, you know, 15 other UFOs crash there, I, it, it just doesn't make any sense um, that all these things would happen just in this little town of Roswell. I don't think anything happened in Roswell. I think it was just a, just what the government said. I think it was, a, it was a spy balloon and people just got all caught up in, in you know, the, the story because it's a cooler story, uh, you know, than, uh, that a UFO crashed there than a spy balloon crashed.
4: Right, it, okay, it is gotta, a very. I got to cool interject story.
6: with a question. Go ahead, Alan.
5: I got inter- I, I got to interject a question uh, with Roswell. How come then, if it was just a weather balloon, um, why is Jesse Marcel holding in his hand a telegram that actually talks, and uh, they've actually been able to blow up and enhance the text on it, talking about a crashed saucer in his hand?
6: Uh, right. I, I mean, we had Jesse Marcel Jr. on our show, and um, he was a very interesting guy. He he did an interview on our show about three months before he passed away. And mm. he, he was someone who, you know, on our show, we kind of get into it with the guests, um, you know, uh, more often oh. than not. Yeah, boy, do you ever! <laughs> oh man, and, I was um, listening to one of his shows the other day. <laughs> I know, and, um, but you know, I, I think that's you know, it's a little more entertaining than you know, everyone sitting around and singing "Kumbaya" together. But agreed, yeah. He was he was a very interesting guy, we thought that we were really going to get into it with him, but it turned out that um, uh, that that he had actually moved up to uh, the the northwest uh, because he just couldn't take what was going on in Roswell anymore, and um, you know, I've, I've never really seen this blown-up picture of uh, Jesse Marcel with the telegram in his hand. Um, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of stories that go, go around about Roswell. As I said, there are books that are written that just make all these fantastic claims. Uh, but wh- I think when you really look at what happened at Roswell, um, if you look at the picture, for instance, of the quote-unquote debris, you can match that up. Piece by piece with debris from one of these uh, secret balloons that they were launching at right, the time. But
5: in that same photo in his hand is a telegram from the war department that talks about him recovering a crashed saucer mm-hmm. in that same exact photo. That
6: sheet of paper in his hand. Uh, right, you know, once again, it, you know, it's always, you know, I, I haven't seen that photo, let me put it that way, okay? You um, just described the photo exactly, what are you talking about? I mean, I haven't seen the blown up of the telegram in his hand. Um, ah, okay. Yeah,
4: everybody's okay. seen the original image with him, in the, with the picture, with right. uh, the, the telegram. Right, and he's got, here, a, here, here, he's, here, here's, sorry, here's thing though. No, no, here's the thing. I do believe there's something crashed. I don't know if it was extraterrestrial, if it was a weather balloon, if it was something that we back in June or something we were, uh, you know, working on that crashed suddenly or was a time travel machine i don't know what the heck crashed but i do know there was an incident my thing with that particular incident and this is why that's the only i think the only thing that me and, uh, and matt kind of disagree a little bit on i do think there was something otherworldly or at least something a little bit more than just a weather balloon because of the simple fact that jesse marshall senior was a highly trained individual when it came to weather balloons he had taken courses in in uh, those t- sort of balloons to, to like learn how to operate and learn whether you know how they work, and I mean for him to make that sort of mistake is insulting his intelligence and I am not ready to do that, especially uh you know knowing the the, the career he had in, in the in the military and knowing you know his background and, and his son 's background who saw some of the wreckage and saw the weird writing on the beam and all that stuff, uh, you know, those accounts right there, there's there's always a couple of accounts in ufology that I always look at, and I'm like, you know what, that one I kind of have to believe a little bit more uh, just because of the circumstantial evidence around it, and that's definitely uh, something that you have to look at, Mac.
6: Well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. That what, I, what I would like to do is, I would like to, you know, uh, we should all get it. We should get a bus together and get us all on a bus, and we'll get down to Roswell and try to figure it out ourselves. You know, um, well. I, I can tell you that in the eighties, <laughs> I mean, it would be a good road trip anyway. But oh, yeah, uh, in the eighties, the late eighties and in the nineties, the I was like really into Roswell. In fact, at one point there was a UFO. Uh, Group that was going to go down there and do an archaeological expedition of the area where the um, whatever it was crashed, where they would Mm. just go there and you know dig up the ground just like as if they're digging up ancient ruins and really go about it once again in a scientific way. And I I, I can tell you, I was one of the first people to volunteer to go down there and do that. I was ready to go, but you know, just from my perspective, you know, the more you read about it, and uh, I read more about it, you know, after while I was uh, researching the books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once again, we'll have to agree to disagree.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, at this, at this point, even 20, 30 years later, I mean, really, there's nothing you could really hope to find out there. I would assume the government had gone in and just taken everything out of whoever did the, the wreckage uh, or the pickup of the wreckage. I mean, I'm sure they, they combed that place dry. Well, you, well, you know, plus people
5: a- with metal detectors afterwards also had fun running around the place. Right.
6: But, exactly. you know, with, with archaeological techniques, you know, how you, you, you dig up one square foot and you sift it and everything, and they were just hoping they would find something that would be, you know, like not of this earth. But uh, I don't think it was ever done down there. But I just wanted to say that, you know, I was a believer at one time, but I suppose as I get older, I get more skeptical.
4: <laughs> yeah, what's, you know, what cases in ufology do you uh, believe in or, or do you have any kind of reservations about uh, saying anything negative because you think there might be something there?
6: Well, um, there are a, a number, there's a lot of them to tell you the truth. Uh, in the in 1956, there was a, a case um, where an airplane was uh, a military airplane, navy airplane was flying from Europe back to the United States. Um, there was a hundred people on the airplane, and uh, approximately, and a lot of them were navy pilots coming home from um, doing duty in Europe. So you had this phone, <coughs> excuse me, you had this plane where full of pilots, and they came upon this enormous. Uh, flying disc uh, right off the coast of uh, Newfoundland. It's called the Ganda Incident. And um, there were, uh, once again, approximately tra- uh, 100 trained military air personnel who were just looking out the windows of, at this enormous flying disc that flew parallel with this airplane for about a minute or so and then uh, was seen to take off at just uh, tremendous speed. I mean, there you have... Uh, A captive audience, let's say, you have people who – pilots, in my opinion, especially military pilots, are our best witnesses for UFO sightings because they've seen it all. They know what Venus looks like. They know what a cloud inversion looks like. They know what – Lights in the sky uh, com- from and coming from other airplanes look like, and when they see something in the sky that doesn't fit all of those uh, type of criteria, they know that it is something strange. Uh, so the Gander incident is definitely one of them. There was definitely something over Los Angeles in um, February 25th of mm-hmm. uh, 1940, um, 1942. Um, a, a million people saw these things flying in the sky, and they were they were never identified. Um, uh... there were uh, the ronnie zamora case in in new mexico is definitely something uh, to that there were many many cases that have really incredible evidence sightings and so on and so forth but i've never seen anything that um... really comes close to saying that you know we actually like retrieve pieces of ufo um, of a craft Uh, the aztec crash in in new mexico uh, right around the same time as roswell has a lot of intriguing uh, evidence but but on the same hand i don't believe that there were fifty thousand aliens inside delche mountain in new mexico no neither do
4: i you know but Uh, you know real quick though you gotta you gotta admit though that you know those sightings you mentioned uh with the witnesses you mentioned are equivalent to like especially the the servicemen who have actually flown and of, uh, you know, our, their career is to be in the armed um, forces and to fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to admit that's kind of equivalent to Jesse Marcel and taking training courses on the mogul balloon and the balloons. I mean, it's right. kind of equivalent. The knowledge base. I mean, he he really like literally like a year before the, or a year, a uh, few months before he was taking classes learning about weather balloons. So, mm-hmm.
6: um, yeah, the, the the balloon that the the secret balloon that was you know um, that they were definitely launching in that area at the time. Um, you know they were they weren't quite like they were. Well, let me put it. I'm not a balloon expert. Okay, I, I know that they were top secret balloons that were that were sent over the Soviet Union with acoustic devices attached to them to see if they could pick up uh, evidence through uh, audio um, sound. Uh, whether the, the russians were uh lighting off nuclear weapons or not but um I, once again roswell is it's one of these things that you know i i still haven't seen the definitive proof that anything extraordinary happened down there hmm. well but i, but I can mean. i my ch- you know i will be glad to uh, <laughs> I, I would love to be convinced otherwise. I mean,
4: you got—you got to admit though, it's a good argument on
6: my part. There, it's a great yeah. argument. Yes. Yeah, that's I why mean, I think we should take a road trip down there. We should all. Just I'm down, finish. Alan. Are you down? Okay. Well, when
5: do we, yeah, I'm down for it. How do we organize well, it? Who else wants to be a well, part of it? And you know, do we want to sell this to Lifetime or some other channel uh, afterwards? You're, I want to you know, view the you're whole the man.
4: You're the man to, to talk about that because you're constantly on the road. So what we got to do is we have got to rent a uh, Winnebago, yep, uh, like like the one in Spaceballs. It'll yeah, Roswell,
6: the documentary, Roswell Road Trip. It writes itself.
4: Yeah, it does. So we'll get a bumper sticker that says "We break for nobody" in the back. There you we'll go. put that in the exactly. back. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. What about we um,
5: break for aliens?
4: Oh, there we go. Maybe we'll get uh, lucky and we'll find an alien like in the movie Paul.
5: Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that was actually a pretty funny movie. But, uh, that was. You know, I, I, I would not mind doing something like that. I mean, that would be a really interesting road trip. Uh, actually, next weekend I'll be at an RV show, so I can talk to one of the RV sellers and see if they donated. Tra- you know donated an rv for us uh, to actually go hey yeah hey, i'm all
4: up for that you know maybe we'll make a, a joint venture uh, dark matter radio network psn radio uh, road trip Perfect. sky watchers radio Perfect. Okay. Anybody else Road we trip? could
5: tag on to this? I mean, you're going through the list here, you know. <laughs>
4: yeah, maybe we can get Alejandro T. Rojas to come on board and uh, jump on there and go mm-hmm. down there with us. He's, he's, he's into this uh, subject. He's going to be on in the second hour with us, by the way, everybody. Oh, he's he's going to be our He's a great guy. He's, a, he's,
6: a, he's really a good guy. He
4: really is, and a hell of a researcher, man. I've known Alejandro now since 2009. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is pretty funny. The reason, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spill the beans here.
5: Here we go the, again.
4: Here, yeah, I'm spilling the beans. Check it out. The reason I even got interested to do any online radio stuff, you know, mind you, I said before who my four heroes on radio are, but the first ufology show that I ever heard on the internet was um, think the uh, Think Tank show, UFO Think Tank, with mm-hmm. Alejandro T. Rojas. This is back in his... You know, Block Talk Radio days. That's the very first show I ever uh, saw. Somebody has sent it to me on a link or something. They said, "Dude, you got to hear this show. It's about ufology. It's great." And I heard it. And I was like, "This is a really cool show." And then I started looking on the website that he was on. I don't want to plug him uh, because it's not his website. But it's another website. But anyway, he was on some website there, and uh, you know. I saw the website and I started looking around there's like 50,000 UFO shows and I was like well maybe one day I could do a UFO related show too yeah. everybody's doing it and it's funny cuz you know Mac you, you know you do a UFO related show even though your your show is, is a little bit like my Sunday show it's a little bit all over the place mm-hmm. uh, you talk about a, you know, a bunch of different subjects and stuff uh, but there is a lot of interest in this subject, uh, which is, uh, you know, not to segue too far from what we're talking about, but it seems like it really has crept into mainstream America. It's part of pop culture. Of course, you know, the little gray alien with the big bulging eyes. Everybody knows about this alien. Everybody knows about the Paul-looking alien. You know, uh, it's really become so uh, so... Part of it, it ingrained in our subconscious that really, if they told us tomorrow the disclosure if it happened, I don't think we really be that shocked if they just started, you know, spilling the guts. You know what I no,
6: mean? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't. I, I certainly wouldn't. I think that it, you're absolutely right. You know, with the proliferation of all kinds of communication devices these days, and just the way that mass media is these days, where where um, uh, anything that happens in this world is instantaneous. I mean, even when they went into uh, the seals went in to uh, get um, uh, Osama bin Laden. There was some guy, uh, you know, across the street, you know, tweeting about it. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, it, it's just uh, it's just amazing how fast word travels around the world, you know, around the globe these days. And and I do think too, as uh, there's a lot of people. Here's another thing too about UFO research: is a lot of people think it's only in the United States. Well. It's it is worldwide, and I found that out when these uh, books came out because I was hearing from people all over the world, and a lot of other governments are more open to it than uh, the U.S. government is certainly. Like the government of Brazil, for instance, you know they're very open about wanting to look into you know UFO reports. Of France. Uh, believe it or not, is also they have a minister who is in charge of you know looking into UFO sightings. England, you know, has a large file that they made public a couple of years ago about UFO sightings. I mean, it's a, in Russia certainly the people in Russia are uh, you know fascinated by UFOs. Um, it, it's a worldwide phenomenon, a, a phenomenon I think a lot. I think the vast majority of people around the world have heard of UFOs, and I'm sure the vast majority of people around the world want to know what UFOs are.
5: I would agree with that. There's a lot of people that actually have out there the want and the desire to know definitively one way or the other. The whole thing is, is most of us that are on these shows here are leaning only one way.
6: Well, see, that's the thing. That's that's why, and as Angel was saying before, that's why our show, you know, uh, which is on the network. Um, you know, is a little bit different because, you know, we have people on, but I, I've listened to lots of UFO shows. Um, and I've been on lots of UFO shows and, and really a lot of them, you know, certainly not this one, but there are ones out there that, you know, it's, it's just, you're just going over the same ground over and over again and everyone is agreeing with each other and that gets us nowhere. I think that, you know, if someone like, for instance, we had a guest on our show about a year ago and he, was someone who had uh, done a lot of, um, let's say, made a lot of money. Well, I don't know how much money he made, but he would give lectures and he would uh, do things talking about how the Nazis supposedly had flying saucers during World War II. And um, that actually shot down you know, our airplanes and everything. And it's complete nonsense. It's complete nonsense. And we called him on it. And we got into such an argument that you know he wound up hanging up on us. But he made our point for us. Um, you know, the Nazis didn't have UFOs. They don't have a secret base in Antarctica. They weren't on the moon in 1942. But there are people... You know, there they made are,
5: a movie based on that one.
6: Yeah, that's right. And yeah, it, yeah. It, um, yeah
4: my whole argument spot. with that is if they had UFOs, why did they lose the war? Exactly.
6: You know, what more do you have to say? Why did that's they lose it, the know? war? But, you know, people want to believe because there, there's there's this thing out there among some people that think... Yeah, you know, the, the Nazis like were kind of cool. They had cool uniforms and things like that and um Uh, you know, they, for some reason they want to kind of continue this idea of, you know, the Nazis being, you know, these, uh, supermen and so on and so forth and, you know, having UFOs and, and this guy claimed that, you know, there were UFOs shooting American planes during the famous raid on Schweinfurt in which, uh, you know, 60 of our planes were shot down. And I said, you, you demean the people who died in those airplanes. You, you demean anyone who was, you know, in battle that day by bringing this nonsense into it. Um, so, um. I think things like that and people who believe there are aliens in Dulce Mountain and all these like really far crazy fringe stories. I think that is real detriment to real, uh, you know, uh, the real kind of research into figuring out what the UFO puzzle is. And I would really like to see a lot of that cleaned up and a lot of that nonsense, uh, you know, gone away. So we can really concentrate on what these things are and look at it at it with a reasonable and scientific approach.
4: I got a, Say once again, I agree. Even though we don't agree on Roswell, that that's exactly what we need is more of a scientific approach, not the hokey uh, stuff that we keep getting. Doesn't it just upset you when you hear stuff like the the, the crop circle hoax that just recently happened?
6: Right. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I read about that. Yeah. You know, um, oh, that got was...
4: that got my blood boiling. I mean, look, I like Nvidia, but that got my blood boiling, Mac,
6: because it turned out to be an ad for a chip company or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. A graphic chip, Nvidia. Yeah, You know, I, I used to be a PR guy for General Electric so I can kind of see the beauty in doing something like that because they knew they were going to get a lot of publicity and then it was obviously a, a, a plan, you know. um yeah, not always like a, positive like a, publicity. No, but, you know, I'll tell you, when they say – There's no such thing as bad publicity. That's not quite true. However, you know, here we are. We're talking about them, you know. So uh, there was, you know, it was a a certain amount of success for them to go ahead and do it. You know, will it make them sell more chips? Who knows? But the whole idea is for them to raise their profile around the world, around the country. Uh, You know, the mission accomplished in that That as a devious way to do it. Uh, I will tell you a quick story is when I was with General Electric, I was um, in an office in upstate New York, and uh, this is in the 80s, and uh, Crop Circle started showing up, you know, fairly close to where we were. And there was an engineering firm that we did some business with um, in in those days, and they actually were hired by – a newspaper to go out and look at these crop circles, and I happened to talk to one of the engineers afterwards, and I said to him, and I, it was almost jokingly, I said, you know, so, uh, you know, what was that all about? I mean, that must have been crazy, and he said, uh, uh, he said, you know what, we, we couldn't figure out what the hell made these things, so I know a lot of crop circles are faked. I know a lot of them in England, you know, it turns out that they were fake, but at least this one guy said, you know, we have no idea. What made these crop circles? This is up in the Syracuse area in the middle 80s. So who knows, you know? Who knows what's up with crop circles? A lot of strange things happen in England. A lot of crop circles, you know, happen in England.
4: The one thing that happens a lot in England that really uh, still, you know, boggles my mind is all the cattle mutilation that's happened over the years and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. I mean, there's really no answer for that yet. Right. If somebody and, if somebody's hoaxing that, I mean, that's a pretty clever hoax.
6: Right. You know, and and that's you know o- over there and and also you know in the American Southwest, I mean, cattle mutilations do take place. People have found uh, cattle in, in in states that you know is don't occur naturally. Let's say, you know, but are UFOs doing it, uh, or are they? Um, you know, it could be some kind of government. Uh, plan i mean someone once said that you know it's really the government and they're they you know put something in these cattle just to see how quickly they'll die um that it's just some some kind of an experiment and, and there's just so many cattle roaming around on uh, grazing pastures out in the american southwest that you know it'll be very hard for anyone to kind of catch them in the act which hasn't happened right. yet um you know so you know who knows but um england especially when uh, in the book uh, beyond area 51 we just do a an entire chapter of all the really strange stuff that goes on in England is just amazing. You know, people know about Stonehenge, but there's, there's actually hundreds of uh, kind of similar monuments like Stonehenge all over England. There's, there's these strange mounds of rocks that people you know have no idea who built them or why. There's all kind of ghosts, and, and it's really just a crazy place. There's a, there's a radio over there at an old RAF base that still comes on, and you hear broadcasts. From Winston Churchill on this radio, and once again, scientists have looked into it. They can't figure out how it happens. why It even happens when it's not plugged in. No one can figure out how it happens, why it happens. Hmm. But there stone are these tape. very strange things hmm. that happen, you know, and, and that's what I like. I like looking at that's the really strange, right there, huh? strange things and see what's going uh, on there. I'm
5: thinking that it might be the stone tape uh, theory on that one with stone
6: the radio tape. going
5: on. Well, they say that certain you know, certain types of stone like limestone and other stones, uh, can imprint radio frequencies as well as emotional and other types of frequencies and then replay them again and again in under certain conditions. See the hell you something say along those lines, you know. <laughs> I mean to
6: for them to for this radio set to suddenly come alive and and hearing a speech Winston Churchill gave back in World War Two. I mean, that's crazy, you know, but... Is you know, it the same it
5: speech each time?
6: No, it's just like random... Uh, no, they have heard him giving speeches, but they've heard just, you know, regular radio broadcasts from the early 40s on this. And and the radio isn't even plugged in, which to me is the most fascinating thing of all. Um, so strange well, things do that. Radio, if it's a crystal-based radio, it really doesn't
5: need to have that much power. It could just run off static electricity.
6: Right, yeah, so... Uh, uh, once again, strange things do happen. It's good to you know get all the nonsense out of the way so we can concentrate on these real things that happen and figure out exactly what's going on.
4: That is bizarre. I've never heard of that, Alan. To be honest with you, that's, which It's uh, new to me.
5: Which which topic?
4: The uh, the stones that can record.
5: Uh, yeah, just look up stone tape. Uh, stone never tape. heard of that.
4: Oh, I is. know they say they say water could be used as a possible storage device when Nick's water records data or some crap I heard mm-hmm. or read not long ago did you read about that
5: uh no I haven't said I haven't looked at that one but I've heard it mentioned more than once before yeah
4: see that I've heard of but no, that's I'm gonna look into that's kind of interesting
6: yeah it's that,
4: maybe that explains uh ghost activities in some parts of
6: the world Oh, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. There's, a, there's another, uh, you know, what Jerry Clark's uh, theories is that, and, and I know a number of people are looking into this now or coming around to this, is that, you know, all this stuff is connected, that ghosts and cryptids and UFOs and all this strange mm-hmm. stuff is really part of one big thing, um, which I think would be, I mean, just think how interesting that is. There, there was a photo from six months ago of a UFO Uh, Someone snapped a picture of a UFO that's over this very famous haunted bond in California, and it got a lot of people thinking along those lines. They think there might be some kind of a grand unified theory of the paranormal and and that, once again, ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, all this strange stuff we hear about, if it was all part of the same thing, I mean, that would – talk about mind-blowing. That would be just so fascinating if we could somehow find out if that was the case.
4: That's a good question, because, you know, I've actually often asked that question of my guests here. If they think that stuff like demon activity, ghostly activity, if all that could be attributed to misunderstanding or misinterpretation of alien abductions or aliens, you know, interaction with us or whatever. And, uh, you know, everybody has kind of like, uh, well, maybe, I don't know, because nobody really, I think, thinks of it like that. Uh, But I think that could be but more in a material way where we just didn't know any better and we just misunderstood it. Uh, But, I mean... Do you think that's kinda of, is that where you were going with that or, or are you right. talking about something a little bit different?
6: No, no, no. It, it, the, the, exactly that. And and okay. the thing too is that, you know, w- from early on, and I mean like in nineteen forty seven when Kenneth Arnold saw the first quote unquote flying saucer, you right. know, people always just connected them with little green men from Mars. But you know right. you know but you know, there's absolutely no evidence that UFOs are from outer space. Because or Mars. there's no evidence of, of where <laughs> they are from at all, I mean, I think there's a better chance that they're uh, time machines uh, that pro- maybe from our own future that just come back to this time in this place uh, for maybe something as mundane as time travel for um, uh, you know just just uh, time travel for tourists you know yeah, I mean if, maybe they're just out like a road trip right you know? I mean the road if, trip if, through time if hey, we had why not? if we had time, ta- time travel. Um, I mean, I would love to go back and see you know the Civil War, the Battle of Troy. I asked someone this the other day, and they said I'd love to go back and see a Shakespeare play. I mean, it, you know, the way that UFOs act, and, and we get this get into this especially in UFOs and time, is, you know, they always seem to be observing. They always seem they're always there, and they're always kind of looking at us. And you know, it, it, it's kind of like the the, the um, comparison that we come up with in the book is that. You know, when, when you see these stories on the National Geographic channel about safaris where they put tourists in a truck and they go out into the savannah and they're watching the, you know, lions eat the antelopes and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. You know, I mean, the lions, it, they they see the truck. They have no idea what the truck is or what the people right. in it are doing. You know, they just go about their daily lives. And that's how we are. You know, we don't know what UFOs are, you know, or what they're doing. We go about our daily lives and they're always kind of up there, you know, looking in on us. Um, we are so, the lions, uh, you know, you're right you know and, and exactly right you know and and we have no idea whether they are from outer space whether they're from another dimension whether they're you know animate objects inside them at all we don't know you know the idea that they're from that the little green men from Mars is just one speculation that took off back in the 40s and most people seem to believe it but there's no proof that they're not just from as I said another dimension places that we can conceive of not necessarily from another planet.
4: You know, it's funny because as soon as uh, movies like uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Communion came out, they switched uh, the whole look of the aliens completely to Mm -hmm. the little gray alien with the bug-out eyes. Now, that's the standard uh, definition of what an alien looks like, but it used to be little green men from Mars. That's really what everybody was afraid of. Uh, It's funny how movies kind of shape the reality of what people see when right. they have these uh, these abduction phenomena, That's, that's right. kind of amusing, isn't it? And every time there's a big blockbuster movie like uh, Independence Day, for example, it skyrockets the amounts of, of sightings that people report. It's amazing how that happens.
6: Yeah, that's called the Will, in England that's called the Will Smith Factor, believe it or not. <laughs> the Will Smith, the Smith gonna... Will Smith Factor. <laughs> every time he comes out with some kind of Men in Black yeah. Independence Day, it UFO happens, sightings yeah. go up, you know. And I was just going to say, too, is it's the same thing with ghosts. I mean, you know, w- way back when, ghosts were you know, literally depicted as it looked like a person with a sheet around, over his head, you know, when you see old drawings from the Dickens era and stuff like that. Now, I mean, they're they're basically decayed versions of us, if you know what I mean. You know, the popular culture is is the thing that shapes what people believe, uh, you know, a ghost is or a UFO is depending on whatever time frame you're in. Who knows what, what aliens are going to be depicted as 100 years from now? You know, maybe they'll be more like us or less like us. Who knows? But it's whatever the popular... Whatever the popular culture, you know, shows us, that's what most people believe they actually are.
4: Mac, what do you, th- what do you say uh, about undersea flying objects? Undersea objects, not flying because they're undersea, but what do, you, what do you think of the theory that they come from within the Earth itself, uh, the hollow Earth? For example, you know, our good friend and uh, correspondent here on the show, uh, Dennis Crenshaw, of course, is famous for the hollow Earth theory, and, uh, you know, what's your, what's your thought on the hollow Earth theory? And well,
6: I don't know about the hollow the possibility. Earth theory. But there, there is there have been numerous sightings of U.S.O.s, U.F.O.s coming out of the um, out of the water, um, right. especially down in um, uh, Atac, uh, which is the Navy's Area 51, which is located in the Bahamas. Uh, you know, there, we uh, get into dozens of reports in the book Beyond Area 51 about people who have seen U.F.O.s coming out of the water. Um, And flying off and acting just as UFOs are. And when you think about it, you know, the earth is covered, 70% of the earth is covered with water. If if the UFOs were going to quote unquote hide anywhere, uh, they would hide in the ocean because it's just so vast and deep. And if they have the capabilities that we see them flying around, uh, you know, when we see them maneuvering in the air, then obviously, well, not obviously, but there's a good chance that they'd be able to do the same type of things in the water. People have seen objects below the surface of the water uh, moving in ways that is physically impossible. Shag um, Harbour, yeah. the Shag uh, you know, uh, incident up in Canada years ago, uh, where they had many witnesses where they had Navy, uh, military um, Canadian and U.S. Uh, Navy ships surrounding this thing, and it, and it got away at high speed, showing uh, indications of non—you know—behavior that was not was physically impossible. I, I think there's a there has to be some kind of a definite link between some kind of UFO sightings and them coming out of the water, cause, simply because so many people have seen them do it
4: yeah I agree hundred percent uh listen, we're almost out of time here. We have of course uh alejandro T. rojas from open Minds t v coming up next i wanna give you a moment here to uh give your website address and uh give uh, the audience you know any way to find you on the internet so they could you know check out your show your stuff uh Perfect. go ahead. Take a minute. Okay,
6: well, uh, you know, Wingman dot com is um, is uh, the uh, best place to go to uh, for uh, my website. MacMaloney.com dot com is another place. Uh, you can just basically just Google Mac Maloney. You uh, hear about our uh, the books and also our, our CD. We're recording a new CD that's coming out this spring called Ufology, where it's, all the songs are about UFOs and about the people that I've met. Uh, since I've written the two books. Um, the show is on Wednesday nights on another network, com It's called Matt Maloney's Military X-Files Show. Um, it's a verbal fist fight almost every night, but we have a good time. Yeah, it uh, is. You know, but <laughs> you've heard it, Angel. You know what I mean. You know, it's, it, it really is a lot of kind of back and forth, and I think that, yep. you know, it, I, I just think it's more interesting that way. Um, so um, the radio show and the books and uh, – the Sky Club album, and um, and that's about it.
4: And there's another album in the works uh, coming soon. When can we expect something out of that? Uh,
6: hopefully, sometime in April or May. Nice. And once again, you know, uh, it's it's all the songs are about um, uh, UFOs, and and again, you know, people that I've met since I've I've uh, uh, written the two books. Um, let's say the unusual people I've met along the way. So uh, <laughs> having a lot of fun putting it together, and uh, hopefully, it'll be available sometime April or May.
4: Hopefully one day you're writing an unusual song about an unusual host named The Jackal.
6: Um, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> you're in line for our third album. I, I, I promise you that, my friend.
4: Yes. By the way, I think, and I, and I want to make the distinction here, I think I am the only, the only person you've had on your show that uh, was on your show and didn't end up in a verbal back and forth where it kind of got uncomfortable.
6: Um, you're one of the few I had members. a great yeah. time <laughs> yeah. oh yeah well anytime you, you've you been on a few times we, we always have a really good time because you know the discussion goes in a million different directions you might be the only person who's ever done the interview while you're in your car too right this is true a true story
4: before we go to a break I'll, I'll tell the story I was on my way home one day and I was supposed to be on your show and I wasn't going to make it there was a crazy amount of traffic and I said you know what screw this I pulled over into a parking lot which uh, was the parking lot of a uh, bank Mm-hmm. And I pulled in and I called in through the Skype on my phone because I have four G on my phone and it sounds excellent. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, "Let me let me just call in and see how it sounds." And I called in, did the whole thing right out right from my car.
6: Right, it, w- it would be a better story, Angel, if you pulled into the parking lot of a strip club or something. That or- would have been a better story. Yes, <laughs> yes. your know, bank is a little dull, but you know we'll take it. And that was a great yes. night. And, and w- w- I thought you were home. I thought you were in front of all your equipment, but it sounded great. It was really interesting. Love my phone. Mac. Uh, love having you on. We definitely have to have you back on uh,
4: real, real soon, man. You're just an awesome guest to have on the show here. And I know the listeners uh, enjoyed having you on. So please come back and see us again soon on Watchers Radio, wouldn't you? Yeah, it was oh, yeah. great oh. listening to you.
6: Uh, well, do. Thanks very much, Seth. Angel, thanks very much for having me on. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Sounds
4: good, my friend, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on very, very, very soon because, uh, uh, guys, uh, like I said, this is one of the few guys on the internet doing radio that I agree almost 100% with except for that one Roswell thing. Well, there you go. That's just about. Nobody's perfect, though. Nobody's perfect.
6: (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Have a good night, Mac. Okay, bye.
4: That's Have a great Mac, night, Mac. That's Mac Maloney, and uh, we're going to come back from break in a few minutes with our guest for the second hour here, and uh, his name is Alejandro T. Rojas. I know you know him very well, Alan. Mm-hmm. You're friendly with well, not Alejandro. Ver- good. Not very well. well.
5: He- I haven't spoken to him in a while, but
4: uh, right. But you're yeah, friendly. It'll
5: with be nice. To- yeah, we've talked. Yeah.
4: He's a good guy, Alejandro. He's like I said, yeah. the guy who I heard for the first time. Do internet radio. That was the first internet radio show that I was like, man, he's doing internet radio about UFOs. I want to do that. That's so cool. I like UFOs. And now (laughs) here we are, five years later. It's funny how the world works. we're going to be right back, and please, if we want to hear from you. If you want to call in and you want to talk to Alejandro or you want to talk to us, you want to say uh, something negative about the show, something positive about the show, please do so. Call in. Open lines, 786-245-8127 is the number. You can look us up on Skype, PSN Radio, or Dark Matter Radio Network, and our webmaster, Keith Rowland, will patch you right in. So please call in. We want to hear from you, and I'm sure Alejandro will love to answer any and all questions stick around we will be right back on the dark matter radio network and PSN radio this is sky watchers radio you're listening to dark matter radio network
3: Do your kids share a bedroom with a sibling is dorm room privacy a problem introducing privacy pop a new way to create a private and comforting space on your bed privacy pop is a bed tent that fits over twin twin extra long full and queen beds privacy pop is your ticket to seclusion in crowded sleeping quarters Privacy Pop is the perfect holiday gift for the youngster who likes building forts and cramp college dorm rooms. Log on to PrivacyPop.com and see how this unique sleeping system easily pops out from a small carrying case. Easy to store and simple to set up. PrivacyPop.com. That's PrivacyPop.com. The perfect holiday gift for your grandchildren or your own kids who want a fun bed fort. Choose their favorite color. See this unique sleeping system now. Act now for a limited time offer. Use promo code RADIO in the checkout cart for free shipping. Log on to PrivacyPop.com. Use promo code RADIO for free shipping.
7: Man of Steel and more. Superman homepage.com. All systems are functional. And you pass the range to Mr. Jackal, the new king of
4: radio Is there life on other planets?
6: This is nuclear physicist. Matt and Friedman, and now I'm a voice in the jackal's head. It's the government keeping secrets from us.
3: This is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. Want to find out more? Listen to the jackal's head. The biggest trick the jackal ever pulled was to miss the world, <laughs> that he doesn't exist.
0: Hi, folks. Ryan McMullen here for Life Change Tea. Healthcare is a problem. Whether you're for or against Obamacare, it's a mess. My question is, who do you trust? Do you want to be told what to do, or do you want to make your own decision? My opinion, preventative maintenance. Keeping your colon clean is preventative maintenance. A little exercise, a balanced diet, and drinking life change tea. It tastes great, and it helps with constipation, high cholesterol, liver problems, acid reflux, and much, much more. And with the holiday season upon us, you can get some extra tea for free. Don't wait for Obama. Make your own decision. Order now. Call us at 928-308-0408. That's 928-308-0408. Or you can log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Ridding yourself of harmful toxins is truly preventative maintenance. GetTheTea.com.
4: You're listening to PSN Radio. The best in talk radio anywhere on the internet.
7: Blame for
4: this. Somehow, All right, everybody, welcome I back see. to Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, PSN Radio. You're listening live to myself, Angel Espino, and my co-host Alan Weiler. And tonight is a very special night because, of course, we had Mac Maloney on, who's a very cool guy and a very good friend, and now the gentleman who inspired me to get to do some radio online. The the guy who I heard for the, for the very first time, Mr. Alejandro T. Rojas, is in the house here on Skywatchers Radio. He is the editor and writer and one of the hosts for Open Minds uh, TV, Open Minds Magazine. Uh, Alejandro, welcome to the show, my friend. It's so good to have you on here.
1: Hello. It's awesome to be talking to you on your show. This is sweet.
4: It is sweet. And all of a sudden now the Gremlins have gotten your voice. What's going on with your (laughs) connection? (laughs) I have some gremlins all of a sudden. We're good, but uh, how's that? Hold on. Let me see if we can fix this by hanging up and calling you right back. Don't you love when that happens, Alan? Don't you just love when this happens on people's connections?
5: Oh, yeah. It happens for no apparent reason, I'm telling you. This is
4: uh, live radio. This is uh, Skype. Some people's connections, you know, that happens. But you're back, Alejandro. Speak. Hello, it's Alejandro. Yes, it's it's clear. without
5: static, yes.
4: Yay. Awesome. What have you it been happened. up to, my friend? We haven't talked in a while, you and I. It's been uh, a couple of years. I think you've been doing your thing with uh, Open Minds. I uh, yeah. love what you guys have going on over there. I read stories, and by the way, <clears throat> that's where I get a lot of my stories from, guys. Open Minds. Hey.
1: Uh, no problem. That's what we're here for. And, you know, that's one thing Uh we love. I mean, just being a resource and getting information out to people. I know. A lot of groups, that you guys, I'm sure, have ran into a lot can be really competitive in this field and, and kind of try to hoard information, but mm-hmm. we consider ourselves kind of a news source. We're trying to get info out, and we love it. Hey, the more people that are going and checking it out and getting their news from us, that's the whole point is spreading the information.
4: What do you make of the story of, uh, of the crop circle that just happened? You know, That got me really, really excited for like a day, and then... Mm-hmm. It came out that it was a hoax, and then it got my blood boiling for all the the wrong yeah. reasons man and I saw your post on it what you know what your thoughts uh, what were your thoughts when you read that that it was a hoax?
1: You know what? I thought it was interesting. First of all, I'm really good friends with Nancy Talbot. I talk with her on a regular basis, and the moment I found out about the crop circle, she like contacted me also, and she said, I'm pretty sure the whole thing's fake. You know, hold off. I've got a couple leads. Uh, I think it's a promotion for a company, and, uh, you know, just hold on for a minute. Uh, Jason, my colleague, had already written something up about the same time she contacted me, and we just did a small little thing that it happened because it was making news immediately. So she gave me a heads up early on. There was a couple other crop circle researchers that felt the same way. Um, there was one or two who thought it was real, but, um, you know, you just always got to hold out and look for more information. It was really sketchy that they had security guards there uh, right off the bat, and that, yeah. to me, threw up the red flag that something somebody created this thing. Um, what was interesting, though, is typically if you 're doing a marketing thing you know mm-hmm. you 'll want it to come out uh, you 'll want the story to to make some play, but usually, in the past, fairly quickly after the thing happens, the people come out and claim it and say, "Hey, you know this was Nvidia or whatever," but they waited, which was wise, and what 's interesting it 's kind of like uh, i don 't know from watching this stuff we 're learning how to do this kind of uh, viral marketing because when this stuff happened in Canada, where they that this uh, there was a planetarium that created a UFO, uh, they flew it around town, and it got a lot of news and was tweeted and all of this stuff, and it made worldwide headlines. And I started to think, you know, it's taken a while for someone to claim this if it is a, a promotion thing. They finally did claim it, and it's it it helps them unfortunately because. The Thing makes nationwide headlines. If they watch it, and when the story starts to die off, then claim that, you know, or come out and say, hey, that was us... It just re- renews the, the news cycle, whereas, oh, hey, we got something else to write about. We had this story that was really big. Now we've got a big update, and then they're going to tie their name to the marketing on the big update, and everybody's going to write about it all over the world, the people who had written about it in the first
4: Alejandro, episode. let me cut you off real quick because it's getting bad again on your end. Uh, do you have your, a lot of browsers open on your end? No,
1: I don't. I, I don't have anything else open, actually.
4: Oh, that's weird. It's uh, it's coming up real bad. Let me uh, try the whole hang up and, and call you back. It's, it was good for like a minute, <laughs> uh, and, and then it, it just went it's like one of those things that happens, man. When you have a really good guest, you know, it, it just has to happen, you know.
5: The most informed hey, guests, the go. ones that those those that the powers that be are the ones that are trying to make sure that what you have to say is not
4: getting out there. Rise, Alejandro. That, Keep saying was, what you were I saying. Was, uh... <laughs>
1: But yeah, that's unfortunate. I I mean, these things really work. I mean, these guys made some worldwide headlines, and now their news is out there, and people are looking at their stuff. So, unfortunately, this works. So, here again, I'm sure more and more people are going to start doing this.
4: Which is the really my thing uh, with and Alejandro? You know how I feel about the the whole ufology community and how I feel about a lot of the the hoaxes that go that goes on. Uh, this sets us back a few years, doesn't it? In a, in a, as a community, as a ufology research community, uh, when stuff like this happens, it becomes a viral video. It you know people get fooled and it turns out it's a hoax. Next time when there's a real one, people are going to be like, Yeah, it's just another hoax like the last one, and they don't pay any attention to it because of stuff like this. And, you know, hoaxes like this, it's really not good for the entire for the entire thing. Well, you know
1: what? <clears throat> I try not to look at it that way because uh, if I was to look at what was bad for this field, I would be extremely frustrated and I probably would have jumped off a bridge <laughs> or something already. No
4: kidding. <laughs>
1: so I try to kind of take it as it comes and adapt. In that live in the here and now type of, you know, using my Buddhist type of uh, philosophies because, uh, we just can't get frustrated. I think we have to deal with it because it because this campaign and the Canadian ones were so successful. Uh, no doubt we're going to see it more again. So we're just going to have to be smart about it. What we always try to do is get a story up there as quick as possible and then also hopefully tie in some credible stuff. When I did my follow-up, I wrote about how a lot of the crop circle experts had right off the bat called it a hoax. So just mm. to demonstrate that, you know, these experts know what they're talking about. They know the difference yeah. between a hoax and something more mysterious, and there are mysterious things out
4: there. It's funny what it turned out to be, though, just a marketing campaign for a graphics chip. It a lot of people are right off
1: the bat said it looked like a circuit board, and uh, sure yeah. enough.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there was one lady, uh, some news lady, who actually uh, decoded the Braille engraving on it, on which was 192, I believe. And uh, she had decoded the whole thing, and uh, there were, the people who actually put the hoax together were saying on a on a video that they should give her some kind of a medal for decoding that because uh, it's yeah. pretty genius of her. Uh, it's you know it's funny when you uh, read those kind of stories uh, though, but it, it really is upsetting though. Uh, you know what are some of the stories that you've read or, or you guys reported in the last uh, year or two mm-hmm. that really kind of like stuck in your mind that uh, you look at it and you're like, oh man, there's some authentic stuff here. Something really happened here. Well, you know what? There's a story. I, I kind of always am
1: thinking, you know, uh, recent stuff, because there's always cool stuff going on, I think. And uh, that's another reason I like to write about it uh, and, and then talk about it on the show. Hopefully, people don't forget some of these great stories. And one of them recently. Um, is this story in London near Heathrow Airport. It's gotten a lot of play in the last couple days in international news although the Daily Mirror wrote about it on December 22nd and that's where I saw it and I wrote about it on the 26th and now a week and a half later it's really starting to catch on. But this is interesting. So the UK government no longer investigates UFO cases. If you call them up and say I saw a UFO they're going to say call somebody else we don't care. Uh, When they shut... Yeah, when they shut down their UFO stuff, they even sent letters out to all of the different – to the police, everybody saying, don't come knocking at our door if you see a UFO. We don't care. We're not taking any – listening to it anymore. There is an agency, though, called the UK Air Prox Board, and they investigate near misses. Uh, including UFO near misses, and they've had a lot of really interesting things. They only meet like twice a year, and they go over you know, these near misses for safety concerns because usually they're aircraft that are nearly hitting each other, and they want to find out why and try to avoid that from happening. But uh, what they do is uh, they will investigate these cases, and nearly every report that's come out recently has included a UFO near miss. And that's what this was in—I uh, think it was in November or this summer—where this
4: guy saw this uh, shiny uh, object. Alejandro, was, let me let me stop you yeah. right there, real quick, because it's it's really bad again. Uh, do you oh, have a no, cell phone no. that, that we can that we can use? Instead yeah, you let Skype. me uh, give
1: that let, number to you right
4: here. Yeah, let's let's get you on that. I'm gonna hang up on the Skype and I'm gonna call you on your cell phone uh, because right I, really wanna, I really want to. I really want to hear this story and I don't. I don't want the audience to miss out on this. So let's do that. Let's get Alejandro on the line. And I hate calling numbers live on air, but this is uh, Alejandro T. Rojas. I don't want to go to commercial break for another three minutes. I want to get this story out there. So let's get him on the cell phone real quick. Sounds uh, like a
5: Great idea, because while you're dialing, I'll keep the audience uh, listening, because... Well, they're going to hear a ringtone right now. Oh, okay, fine. Never mind, I guess I'll have to to shut up then.
4: Yeah, be quiet. Does that mean I have to shut up? Yes. Are you sure? Well, there we go. Now, see, it sounds not like you're on the phone.
8: (laughs) 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 But at least we'll probably have a good connection.
4: Yes, it sounds a lot better. At least we don't have the gremlins uh, killing awesome. us again tonight. The new world awesome. order can <laughs> back off. They can't mess with your cell phone connection. They can mess with your Skype, yeah. not your cell phone connection. But uh, continue, man. This is, was sounding like a great story until you, you went all like staticky on us.
9: <laughs> right. So
8: yeah, this was a case. Uh, this this prox sport. I think you heard me about how the UK government says, "Don't call us if you see a UFO. We don't care."
9: Right. Um, right. I got that part.
8: Airprox sport. It's a broke, uh, group uh, safety group in the U.K. that look at near misses of aircraft, and a lot of times their cases include uh, unknowns. And in this case, the pilot saw a cylindrical object headed for him. He physically ducked and grabbed his co-pilot because he didn't have time to, to say anything, he felt. And uh, Ben looked up and the thing was gone. He asked the co-pilot if he had seen it, but the co-pilot was looking at some logs and things. So he was so freaked out about it. He turned uh, this into the Airprox board. He was certain he saw this large cylindrical object almost hit his aircraft. So they investigated it. And it's it's another case where, and they've had several of these interesting cases where they couldn't determine what it was. Um, But that was a really cool one that happened recently. And, uh, just in the last couple of days, it's starting to make some international news.
4: I haven't, no, has that been posted on Open Minds? I think I missed that story. Well, that was on, a lot of people did, because I, I posted it the day after Christmas. Okay. And
8: uh, so a lot of people were still on vacation and everything. Well, I'm on um, vacation all the time, unless
4: I'm on air. And, yeah, cool.
8: <laughs> so, yeah, people would have to check that out. It was, uh, it was uh, UFO near-miss. Uh, over London is what the name of the story is. But if you go to our website and check out London, you'll find it. In fact, there's a link to it in a recent story, more recent, where a UFO was caught on radar in Bremen, Germany. And this is a story new for today. And uh, in Germany, essentially, they, they were tracking something on radar near the airport. Uh, they sent some people out to check it out, and nothing was seen. But this was something that was just caught on radar. And in uh, that story, we link to
4: um, this story over London. Gotcha. Interesting. Has there been like a? I wouldn't. You know, has, has it been sort of like a, a flood of uh, reports over the last couple years? Has there been an increase in uh, UFO reports uh, all over the world, or has it been kind of steady over the last four or five years? Because it didn't seem like you know we haven't had another Roswell since Roswell. Uh, you know, nothing right. that nothing that big. We haven't had another Travis Walton since Travis Walton happened. Nothing that big. Uh, you know, Stan Romanek got a lot of coverage a few years ago, but you know that came and went, and there's really been nothing else since then that's kind of taken the the, the public. That's really been a few years. Uh, you know, has there, in your eyes, uh, been kind of like a decline, sort of speaking, in the amount of information coming out uh, that is impactful information or impactful cases?
8: Yeah, you know what, I would say. Um, kind of twofold. Addressing first the number of, of reports that um, just so happened. I did my UFO hotspots of twenty thirteen story where Saw you that, yep. I take the MUFON,
9: yeah yeah very good the
8: MUFON data. Thank you, thank you. And yeah, because I don't see a lot of people doing this type of stuff, which I think is pretty important. Taking the actual data, putting it together, and looking for some trends. It showed. They had seventy five hundred reports, which is about a thousand up from a couple of years ago. Um uh-huh. it's kind of been a fairly steady six thousand, a little more last year, um than the year
4: prior. Um no, no, he's there. You know Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah. I don't know why Alan said okay. do we lose him? Alan yeah.
8: shh. Um, He's speaking. So <laughs> uh oh, Alan got in trouble. <laughs>
9: So, there's still a
8: lot of sightings, but like you said, impactful sightings. You know what? The last one I can really think of, really for me, is probably Chicago O'Hare um, well, and Stephenville. But it's been a few years uh, since those happened. And, and with both of those, Stephenville had a fairly limited number of witnesses. I think the best and most credible piece of ev- evidence for Stephenville in 2008 was the MUFON uh, report, where the director of research, Robert Powell, he's just a super awesome guy. In fact, he'll be speaking at the UFO Congress that we're going to be hosting uh, in just about four weeks. And uh, he'll be showing a video where he put this together. But he got with a a guy who's an expert in uh, radar, uh, you know, a a recognized expert in this, um, even in the mainstream. And they found that what the witnesses saw correlated with unknown targets from radar data from the FAA. Uh, That part of the story was really not covered in mainstream media, but that was Mm. certainly the most, um, the best part of that story, because otherwise, you've got a sighting with a few witnesses, but, uh, you know, that that happened, especially with no pictures or videos. So, um, I thought that was the best part of that one. Prior to that, though, Chicago O'Hare was pretty exciting in that it was covered and um, investigated by the Chicago Tribune, which is a huge news agency, and the witnesses were pilots and personnel from uh, United Airlines uh, because this craft, which was circular, dish-shaped, uh, shot up through the cra- clouds. This was seen by you know all of these workers at United Airlines, and the Chicago Trib- Tribune talked to them But like many of them had said, you know, they couldn't give their names. They couldn't give the name of the airlines, They couldn't give any pictures or videos to the media because they were told by the airline, you know, not to. And uh, so the the Tribune, uh, John Hilkovich was his name, the writer, really documented the kind of the stonewalling that UFO investigators get. And when UFO investigators say, well, FAA didn't give me data or, you know, I didn't get this or that. Um, they think that the UFO people are conspiracists and maybe they didn't try hard enough or whatever. But the Chicago Tribune found that, yeah, they found the exact same problems that UFO investigators find where it's hard to get witnesses to be able to come forward and uh, it's hard to get that data that you need to um, really show that something extraordinary happened.
4: What do you think that is still? I mean, in today's day and age, I don't think uh, there, there's any government agency tracking people down and, and telling them to hush up anymore. I think uh, those days are long behind us. Uh, do you, I mean, what do you think they're still kind of hard to track down any uh, credible information?
8: Well, I think the hard part is uh, these days, personally, um, and I think uh, with talking with people who have investigated and talked to the witnesses in uh, and, and all of these cases, none of them have been threatened by the government. Um, Some people will debate that with one of the witnesses in Stephenville, but that was one um, debatably he didn't even really see the main events that the other people had saw that were
9: correlated with the radar.
8: But none of the other people had had claimed that. None of them had claimed that at United Airlines. I think in today's age of marketing, and, you know, everybody's talking about reputation and your online reputations. Uh, that is just so guarded that for them, there's no good reason to do otherwise. Right. It's best just to say it was a weather phenomenon because most people are going to say that's the best thing to do. That's a credible, mature thing to do is to say it's a weather phenomenon and forget it. Whereas if you say it's a UFO, you're going to have a lot of people, you know, it's going to be off-putting to a lot of people, you're going to take a hit with credibility, and they just kind of roll the dice and and they make that gamble. Um, You know, Bruce McAbee, he's been in this for a long time, he worked with the Navy, and I talked to him today, um, and uh, we kind of actually hit on this topic, and he put it, I think, exactly right. The the only thing that will change that kind of thing is, is when the majority people really believe in this stuff. If United Airlines felt that, if they had said, yeah, we think it's UFO, that the majority of people would have said, great, we love United Airlines This is going to be good for United well,
4: Airlines, thinking, then you they think would the- have done it. But, I mean, hasn't this been already debated uh, countless times uh, that we are, as a society, kind of ready for uh, the whole possibility of uh, aliens being real? I mean, uh, do you ask your average individual? In fact, I had this happen to me recently, Alejandro. I was having a conversation with somebody who was my boss, and I didn't even know it. I came to find out, like, a couple, like, minutes after he left the office. Uh, This was a, a little while back, but not too long ago. And uh, shout-outs to John, the guy I'm talking about, by the way. Really cool guy. But anyway, he uh, solved the website. I, You know, I showed him a website because I was trying to uh, sell him another website that he wanted to have done. And I was kind of going over some stuff, and he saw the radio show. And he's like, oh, you're into the aliens. You see the UFO picture there. And I see the Travis Walton interview, and he started going through the website, and he's like, oh, this is really interesting stuff. And I'm already, like, turning red, and I'm like, oh, boy, we're going to have that awkward discussion, which yeah, is going which, which to lead to him saying, you're kind of a weirdo, aren't you? But you know what? <laughs> that didn't happen, and it shocked me. You know what he said? Mm-hmm. He, said he said, Angel, uh, when I was a kid, I had a, a sighting with my mother, and I've never really talked about it. Uh, and in fact, uh, this and this and this, and he went through the entire story of what happened to him for like 30 minutes. This man was talking about, you know, describing in full detail, like the, the night that he had the, uh, the sighting, exactly what happened. I, uh, and I could tell he was being honest by the tone of his voice. Not only that, the guy, the guy was getting like shivers just by talking about this thing, like, you know, he was getting goosebumps yeah. just by, by remembering this this story. And, again, he was very cool, never had an issue with uh, the radio show or with anything. Uh, we started, In fact, he calls me every once in a while to ask me how's it going on the radio. He's heard the show. He's, you know, he's become a fan, which is kind of funny. But, uh, you know, that, that happened to me not that long ago. I think, you know, the tide has turned a little bit. When you say in this country, at least in this country.
5: There are more people that right now believe than don't believe at this point.
4: There has to be, yeah. I believe that. I
8: don't agree with that. Uh Oh. Well, at least I'm not so sure. And it's twofold. I think we're close. I think we're really close to that tipping point, but I'm not so sure we're there. Just because if we look at the poll, the polls are usually anywhere from um, around uh, a third to 50% of the people are comfortable or do believe in it. And, uh, usually more towards the third, sometimes closer to 50%. Uh, and I think it's moving in that direction. But in order for like a United Airlines to feel comfortable, I think the polls would need to be 50 to 75% consistently saying they believe in UFOs for like, uh, you know, people to really be out about that kind of thing. But I think we're getting close and we're getting closer. And, um, I would, you know, it's funny that you say that about your your coworker because I've had that experience. A lot of researchers I know. My have boss,
4: Alejandro. One of my bosses, man. Yeah. That was so
9: awkward. Yeah. You know? it, it,
8: yeah, it happened to me. Uh, you know, one of my first, uh, I started this job and uh, the news called and they said they wanted to interview me about UFOs. So I said, no problem, but you've got to park in the far parking lot. I don't want my work to know that I do this stuff. <laughs> they, I was working at a data center. They come driving up, and my boss, along with all of the, with the, the VP and the president, they're all in this meeting on the top floor, and they could see the news van coming up. And they were freaking out because uh, they had unwittingly um, hosted some porn sites. And the news came and busted them on that. And when, you know, they told the news, oh, we'll shut it down. We didn't know that. These guys had been hosting, you know, on our servers, but they're not supposed to be doing that. So they're like, oh, no, we're hosting another website. And so they start to freak. And my boss is the guy who they go to for this kind of stuff. So they said, well, we're going to have to look into this, Corey. Do you know? And he said, no, no, don't worry. Because I had to tell my boss, you know, just in case. He said, don't worry. it's Alejandro and and he's getting interviewed by the news about UFOs and they all had a good laugh about it, but you know, a couple people did come to me, one guy in that meeting did come to me and he said, hey, you're into UFOs that's pretty cool, you know, I had a sighting and you know, it wasn't as bad of a thing as I thought it was you know, I was mortified when I found out that they knew, but uh, it didn't turn out to be as bad as I thought, but uh, I've heard so many of these stories where, you know, you have your face with, you, you need to maintain your credibility and everything at work, Um, but when that gets broken, it's usually not as bad as you think. There are more people than we think into it, but unfortunately, we're not at that point yet, but I think we're getting closer to where people are are comfortable or they think it's something that's going to be exciting and good for them, but these stories that are blockbusters, and this may be a, a way that the marketing type of things help, because NVIDIA probably, and they even said they had no clue that their crop circle story would get so huge. The Hmm. Canadian um, um, Science Center said the same thing. They had no idea this story would get so huge because these people think they're having a lot of fun, but they don't realize how big the interest is out there in these topics. And when they learn that, you know, they're thinking, hey, you know, this is a good thing. We need to push this UFO edge And once, you know, that work gets around, hopefully maybe we will have United saying, hey, you know, we think that was a UFO. And hopefully feeling like, and hopefully getting a lot of positive response saying, hey, you know, it's great that you guys are, are not hiding stuff and coming forward or whatever. Unfortunately, especially with marketing, and I know this firsthand, the truth is secondary to what are the benefits for the company or for
4: us. Correct. Yep. You're absolutely right. And uh, unless, of course, the company you're working for somehow is involved in uh alien tech knowledge or stuff you're that right. has to do with microchips and all kinds of stuff. Mm. You know, then they love that kind of attention, which it would be kind of ironic if we do one day find out that microchips and all that stuff came from Roswell, came from a, a downed UFO. Ironic. And these guys are going viral on uh, technology that kind of is the cousin of something that came from the Roswell crash. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had Mac Maloney on in the first hour, and he's not a believer, Alejandro, uh, of Roswell. He, you know, he thinks that it was a weather balloon. He really buys into that whole uh, story. Uh, that's the one thing that me and Mac do not agree on in a lot of the subjects. Uh, me and him do have agreements on. But, uh, you know, what's your take? I know you're you're a believer at the Roswell uh, that Roswell was a UFO, what- right? He's not a believer of the extraterrestrial hypothesis either. Right. He doesn't think that's the no. most likely.
8: And I love Mac Maloney. He's awesome. I mean, yes, I love yes. that guy. Um, on Roswell, I think we don't know what happened. I think uh, when you look at the all of the witnesses that first Stanton got, people don't realize the, the story, I think, about how this all started, which was you know, the crash happened in 1947, it got out in the news, they debunked it, nobody thought about it or even knew about it. Ufologists didn't know about this case until Stanton Friedman, in the case, heard of Jesse Marcel and interviewed him. Well, the first thing Stanton Friedman does is not to go blab it to the world or write a book. He investigates.
5: Him? Oh, yeah, he, he does his due diligence, yeah. to say the oh, least. Yeah.
8: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So him and his partner they found a hundred witnesses uh-huh. before the first book was written so you have a lot of witnesses saying yes something happened and I don't think it was a balloon um, the guy who found the balloon the guy who you know the the press the guy who wrote the press release uh, to the yep. to the news so yeah you do have uh, and there were no negative repercussions on any of these men. In fact, their, their careers blossomed afterwards. Um, so I think you have a, a, a lot of circumstantial and otherwise, and eyewitnesses that something happened that we don't have the full story on what had happened. Whatever it was is certainly a very, very secret Um and you have an abundance of witnesses who say there were extraterrestrials there. So uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I think that uh, I certainly don't think it was a balloon. I certainly don't think it was mogul. Uh, none of those things make any sense when you look at the evidence. Uh, the, uh, the argument for these things is that these people's memories are jogged and they don't remember right. what they saw. And these are people who weren't there who often haven't even talked to the witnesses who are saying these things. So those are not fair assessments whatsoever. Uh, And so, I mean, their investigations are just kind of ridiculous, really. So, yeah, we don't have the full story yet. So I think that it is a huge, it's a big case, and I wish, you know, that uh, there would be some serious resources behind really getting... To
4: meat of things. I mean, you know, it's large it's news fun. agencies. Uh-huh. They don't want uh, large. They don't want to touch it. The, the big news agencies are uh, they, they, right. They're afraid of and it, and they
8: have more power. Which you know, for the Chicago Tribune, when it came to Chicago O'Hare, they did a FOIA to the FAA. Um, the FAA said nothing happened at Chicago O'Hare mm-hmm. uh, when when there was that signing. They did a FOIA the very next day. FAA is saying, oh, we're sorry, we were wrong. We looked at the data, here it is. Right. There was yeah. something there, but we think it was weather <laughs> phenomena. That's yeah. not going to happen for any UFO researcher. It's going to take you months, weeks, you know, maybe years to get that sort of data out of FAA, if ever for a regular researcher. So it just demonstrates how these big news agencies have a lot more pool. If any of them would just take this serious and really put some resources
4: behind it, you know, there would be some discoveries to be made. You know, we had recently uh, um, Jesse Marcel the Third on the show here. In fact, uh, one of our first guests uh, on the show on Skywatchers here, since we relaunched, that was Jesse Marcel the Third. And uh, listening to him talk, you know, he grew up. Listening to his father, you know, talk about this; his grandfather talk about this uh, Roswell incident, and uh, you know, they're very, they were very sure of what they saw. They were very convinced of what they th- they saw. And I was recently corrected on Future Theater with Bill and Nancy Burns, by the way. I got to say this uh, because on that show with Jesse Marcel, you know, we said that it was Jesse Marcel Sr. who brought the story out to the world, but really Stanton Freeman was very much responsible responsible for bringing the Roswell story back to the world and and making it. A, uh, kind of like a, a viral thing where everybody knew about it, even viral back then, but yeah. everybody everybody knew about it, so Stan Friedman really is the leading researcher in uh, the whole Roswell crash, and you're right, he's done extensive research, extensive research. and there's nothing worse than being corrected on something you did on your show on another show while you're producing that show. It's, <laughs> thank you, Nancy. Happens to me all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're all
8: uh, fallible, and none of our brains are perfect recorder, so yeah, but, it's always fun when someone says, well, you said this on the show, and actually it's this, you know, like, oh, man. Especially when I wasn't
4: paid attention, I'm like, huh? And I'm like, it's Stanton Friedman. Don't no, correct me in front of Stanton Friedman. That's not cool. That's... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Stanton. That, that isn't...
8: Sorry, man. But you're but, right, and... Yeah, that's what's incredible. Stanton gets all the props for Roswell. We wouldn't know about, the public wouldn't know, UFO researchers no one would know about the Risewell incident if it wasn't for Sam Friedman following yep. up on, on,
4: on that stuff. And so, yep, he did an amazing job uh, with that. And to get Jesse Marcel Sr. to come forward after all those years, and uh, it was a guy out of Ham Radio that really like convinced him to, it was time to come forward. I, You know, I'm thinking, and the, hear me out on this one, I think that might have been a, a young Art Bell on the Ham Radio uh, of his... Talking to uh, to uh, Jesse Marshall Sr. saying, you know, one day I'm going to host a show and it's going to be really big. And we're going to talk about this. <laughs> I need stories, man. I need <laughs> you to come forward. Please, yeah. tell us what you know. Because, <laughs> you know, our <laughs> love is ham radio. So uh, that's that's always uh, yeah. been something that I thought maybe happened. And, and my, maybe in my dreams. Maybe one day I'll write a book and I'll, I'll just throw that in there as a little fan fiction. What do you think?
8: It could be. I don't know. I mean, sure <laughs> well, what's funny with our sure, yeah. bell is. Art Bell and his ham radio and everything. I mean, he's kind of, I think, uh, one of the pioneers in this field where, you know, everybody thinks of him as a radio host. But he's done a a lot of uh, uncovering of information himself that, you know, a lot of times I dig into these stories and you find, you know, Art Bell had something to do with
4: it. Um, So, No kidding. You know, um, he was one of the the people that I looked up to uh, for years, you know, just listening to his show and getting into the subject. Uh, That I was ready into. He just—it was just uh, having that voice, you know. And now, like we said earlier, there's like a thousand different radio shows on the subject. Mm -hmm. We're all like the children of Art Bell, in a way. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. And uh, with that, we actually got to hit another commercial break. We're going to be back in a couple minutes with Alejandro T. Rojas of Open Minds. Please stick around. We'll be back in three on Skywatchers Radio. Guys, if you want to call in, 786-245-8127. Ask any questions. This is Skywatchers Radio on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN.
3: Comic Book Service, where you can save 40-75% to off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana.
2: DCBS, welcome home. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw, by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. All systems are functional.
3: And get a pass for rent. Jackal, the, the new king of radio. This is
7: the Oz Man, one of the voices in the Jackal's head. Are we alone in the universe? Now, I'm a voice from the jackal's head. Get a
4: is there life after death?
3: I'm Mick Pope, and now I'm a voice inside the jackal's head.
4: Is the government keeping secrets
6: from us? This is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. Will the Cubs ever win the World <laughs> Series? I am now a voice inside the jackal's head.
2: <laughs> and that was Boyd Pie.
4: <laughs> and who the hell are these voices inside my head? Listen live on The Jackal's Head find out.
7: Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Every Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of steel and more Supermanhomepage.com. roswell ufos flying saucers alien abduction
4: You're listening to Dark Matter Radio Network. And we are back on Skywatchers Radio. This is of course the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio that you're listening to. I want to give a big thanks to our friends over at TalkStream Live who are Of course, uh, plugging away those numbers to uh, get us more listeners every week. Uh, We're back with Alejandro T. Rojas of Open Minds. And we're talking about ufology and all the kooky stories that have come out in the last uh, couple of years. You know, the the whole hotspot in 2013, that really piqued my interest because Florida, number two. Huh? Finally, we're on a list that has nothing to do with crime. And we're number two. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
5: hold hold on. on. Alien abductions are a crime. Hold on.
4: Well, a crime? depends on how you look at it. You know, like, let's be real here. If an alien ship comes around, like, you don't have to, like, beam me up or shoot me with a laser. I'm willing to climb up a, up a rope ladder. Just, you know, throw something down. I'll climb up. I'll be there for you because I want to go on a ride. You know, I want to see some aliens, like, so I don't look at it as a negative thing. You know, even Travis Walton, uh, you know, who is the most famous abductee probably in the history of abductees, uh, looks at it as a, you know, uh, maybe uh, what happened to me was kind of an accident. They accidentally killed me, or I killed myself by walking too close to the ship, and these guys revived me. They actually did me a favor. So how bad really could the aliens be, if that's the case? You know what I mean? Although,
8: he says... That the parts he doesn't remember of his experience, he doesn't want to remember because it was so terrifying on board.
4: Well, you can you can imagine. I mean, uh, just being in front of a being that looks completely different from anything you've ever seen before—it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it
2: would
4: be. I mean, I remember his story. The the one moment, sorry to cut you off. The one moment of solace that he he said he had on that ship was when he saw human-looking people and. For a moment, that he felt like he was going to be okay, and then that didn't happen. But go ahead, Alan.
5: No, I was going to say besides him, don't forget Betty and Barney Hill, and they did not have a positive experience either. Hmm.
8: What's funny about that too is that, um, you know, kind of similar thing where he's like, "Well, you're not going to remember this." On board, you know, they told Betty said, "You're not going to remember this." She said, "Yes, I am." They said, "No, you're not." She said, "Yes, I will." They said, "No, you're not." And they're like, well, why would you want to remember this? We cover up the, the bad parts that we don't remember. And uh, then we go try to remember, and then you get terrified by what what people find out. So it's kind of a, a funny thing. Well,
9: I'm no mm. funny. So I am not know that funny, but... if mm.
4: Yeah, funny in a non-funny way. You know, I I don't know if it was really a negative experience though. I mean, uh, she she saw a star map. You know, she described it. And she yeah. didn't exactly say that they were like beating her up either. I mean, the the experience was kind of gentle, really, when you think about it. She had a conversation with the alien. You know, that's well that
8: part. But prior to that, they did some examination,
4: and and uh, that was a little bit less rough. Sure. You know, well, yeah. There's their probing. <laughs> you know, again, that we talk about all the time, and you follow. Nasty probing. Do you find that actually uh, in a lot of the cases, uh, do you find that people remember that at all when when they've come forward with saying that they have been probed, or is it something that they remember in regression almost every single time because it's such a bad experience to be probed? You know where?
8: It seems to be mostly regression. I mean, when people talk about remembering what they remember um, um, when they're not um, under... It's kind of generality. I think I remember the I remember some experiments or I remember they did something to me. It's really general terms. I kind of remember something. But the detailed stuff usually comes when uh they go through regression and uh yeah, it often is uh stuff that is uh like the doctor says, a little uncomfortable. Or like they say, there's gonna you're gonna feel a little pressure. I think they feel a little pressure. <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, a little pressure. You know, we're gonna have uh, Doctor Lear on pretty soon, and uh, we were talking to uh, Jose Escamilla recently. And uh, Doctor Lear, of course, famous for the you know removal of implants and, and stuff. Has there been any you know any recent uh, updates that you know of uh, with any of the implants that's been removed? Any technologies or anything that we could uh, we could look at and be like, man, that's definitely alien. Besides some weird-looking little objects
8: that's a difficult thing and, and you know that would be something that i i don't know what the status of dr leary he's got reports from a technician uh and he says that he thinks these metals are something that are otherworldly but uh of course a lot more has to be done and you need more than one expert uh to confirm whether or not that's the case and usually you'll need someone you know that uh uh, and data that peers can look at. So I hope he moves forward with that stuff, so we can really find out, you know, um,
4: what's going on there. Yeah, no kidding. You know, recently we lost uh, Lloyd Pye. Also, not to jump subjects too much, but uh, Lloyd Pye was working, of course, on the uh, the, the Star Childs call. Uh, how much of an impact did that have on you uh, losing Lloyd Pye?
8: Well, he was a really nice guy. We had him at the conference, uh, the UFO Congress, recently, and he was a really nice guy. Uh, it was, I thought he was he was really cool. I'm not sure if you know his star child skull was a, a smoking gun, but here again, there needed to be more work to to figure that out. It could be something more mysterious. So, hopefully, that work happens. What? It's more difficult, too, and I think a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, as we all know, money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to get people to look at this kind of stuff. And there has to be some sort of benefit. When it comes to science, people aren't there to throw money. Hey, that looks pretty weird. I'll throw money at it and look at it. Typically, the money isn't going to be thrown at it unless it can be figured out how money is going to be made off of the results. So, uh, that's where science comes from. There's a lot of, uh, really important science when it comes to medical, uh, issues that doesn't get done because, you know, they can't figure out how to make money off of the, the, uh, research that they do. And, you know, everything, especially in, in the US of A, revolves around money. So, uh,
4: the money for anomalous investigation is just not that. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Uh, that's the reason why I know for a fact marijuana will be legalized pretty soon because there's going to be so much money coming in from that. It's going to be legal all over the U.S. Uh, look, in Colorado, $1 million in, in, in revenue already in the first day. Incredible yeah, I'm numbers, sure you're right. So. Uh, where there's yeah. money you know there there'll be legalizations uh and yeah you're right there really is very little money in researching, especially uh you know unless you really hit the gold mine and they say they let's say they really do find this this uh Child uh, star child's call is alien or part alien. Uh, let's say they verify it, then you have the gold mine where you can make a lot of money off of it. But if not, that's a lot of money wasted. We're not gonna make any money back, and it didn't look too promising the last uh, couple of uh, tests that they had on there. Alejandro, listen, we're, we're almost out of time. Uh, Want to give you a chance to uh, go ahead and give again uh, the show times for your show. Uh, of course, the website Open Minds. Uh, dot TV. Any other links you want to give out, please do so. The audience, of course, uh, please follow Alejandro Rojas. He's a very important person in the world of ufology. And uh, I want to give you a minute now to go ahead and give everybody your links and where they can find you.
8: All right. First, thanks for the kind words. But, yeah, OpenMinds.TV is where you're going to find everything. And UFOCongress.com. Uh, of course, uh, you'll find links to UFO Congress, our radio show, everything at OpenMinds.TV. TV. But the UFO Congress is coming up, and we have a lot of really cool people there. We've got some of their you know, regular UFO researchers. We've got, uh, like, Timothy Good from England, who's, who's a big researcher. Uh, we've got George Norrie going to be there. Uh, this guy, Aaron Sangers, who is on MTV's Paranormal Pop Culture, is going to be there. But we also have some scientists, like Jeffrey Bennett. We have the director of research at MUFON. Uh, we have a NASA scientist who's going to talk about how extraterrestrial life, we already have evidence of that. And uh, he made some international news earlier, uh, well, about a couple of times last year with a group he's working with, where there are a group of scientists saying, hey, we already have evidence. So uh, we've got a lot of really interesting stuff, and people can read more about that at openminds.tv or ufocongress.com.
4: That is awesome. Alejandro, we got to have you back on here uh, really soon. And, and from time to time, man, I love talking to you. And, uh, of course, if anybody's going to give the news, you read a lot better than I do, brother. So, uh, you know, come on the show and, uh, and tell us what's going on in the world that you followed. You'd love to hear back from you soon on uh, Skywatchers. Anytime. Right Anytime, man. You're a good man. This is this is so uh, trippy for me because, like I said earlier, uh, I was originally, I've had you on the show, you know, once or twice before in, in the past, but nothing on this stage. And, of course, you are the gentleman who I first heard online talking about UFOs. It's because well, it's of you. it's a great honor. And Partly I'm here.
8: It, it was great to have you back then as, you know, one of the, the listeners and always getting enthusiastic about it and conversing, you know, and everything, and, uh... It's awesome now that you have your own show, so honored to have uh, gotten you in- gotten you interested in having your own show, and I'm really happy that you've done it, and uh, you're doing well.
4: Some people would say it's all your fault and are going to hate on you for that, I'm just saying.
8: You know what, I'll, I'll
4: take it. Bring it on! Alejandro, you're a good man. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. And uh, we will be uh, in contact by having you back on here pretty soon. You're, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Alejandro T. Rojas, everybody. Thank you. Alan, we're almost out of time. Uh, you know, we have uh, maybe a couple more minutes here. Uh, before we have to wrap it up for the night, it's uh, been definitely an interesting right. evening here on Skywatchers Radio. And uh, you oh, know, absolutely! Anytime you can have uh, you know the guests that we've had on uh, since we've been on Dark Matter Radio Network, uh, and you know just to have th- this level of of guests show up uh, really speaks volumes for this network for the show. And we're going to keep getting those guests here. Every week we have uh, Brooks Agnew is going to be coming up pretty soon And Steve Bassett who of course is uh, One of my heroes in ufology Also will be on the show here pretty soon This is the Dark Matter Radio Network And of course PSN Radio I am Angel Espino, this is Alan Weiler And of course we just Had Mr. Alejandro T. Rojas and Mac Maloney on Skywatchers Radio. Good night, everybody, and we'll be back next Tuesday. And real quick, before we do get off, I want to announce, pretty soon, we're going to be making a big move, and of course, our webmaster and uh, chief of uh, Dark Matter Radio Network uh, made this happen, Keith Rowland. It's going to uh, allow us to move a little bit later on the night, so that would be really cool. We'll be able to take over the overnight hour. Pretty soon, I'm really excited about that, Alan. I I know you're excited as all heck to go on a little bit later.
5: Absolutely, since I'm nocturnal by nature, I'd rather be wide awake in the middle of the night than sleeping.
4: We'll be back next week. Good night, everybody. Take care.
5: Be safe and enjoy watching the
6: stars. Peace.